Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We have survived another week, even with the blizzards. It is Friday, January 28th, 2022. And these are the top true crime stories in the entire world, on the entire planet. I read through them all, and I, I, I bring to you the, the tasty nuggets and morsels. You're welcome. Uh, hey, before we get started, Crime Con's coming up. It's right around the corner. Crime Con, this is the one in the United States. It's in Vegas, baby. I've never been to Vegas. I'm going to party hard. Um, hopefully you guys can join me. Or If you haven't been to Crime Con, if you're close to Vegas, you got to make the trip. And if you've never been to Vegas, fly in anyways, play some slots, and meet some true crime people. I'll be there all weekend. Uh, you can get a sweet discount on your tickets by using my code, RENNER, R-E-N-N-E-R. If you spell it backwards, don't worry. It still works. R-E-N-N-E-R. So see you at CrimeCon. Uh, here are the top stories. Uh, probably by now you've seen this video. The smoothie guy. Last week, this video was circulating on TikTok. It was originally uploaded by CJJ Breezy. It's reached over six, 16, 16 million views. This shows a man at Robux. Robex, uh, the uh, smoothie place, and he's screaming at the staff, which are these young women, over a smoothie that they made wrong. At one point, he calls one of the girls a fucking immigrant loser. This man's been identified as James Iannazzo, 48 years old. He was a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. He was abruptly fired after this video went viral. He was arrested, charged with intimidation based on bias, trespassing. I'm going to play you the clip, and then I'm going to come back and tell you why all of his charges are going to be dropped. This is my this is my uh, this is my prediction. But here here you go. If you haven't seen this or heard it, here's here's the audio. 
please don't yell at us. Yeah. You have no room to yell at us. I want to speak to the fucking person who made this drink. Is that you? No, well, it wasn't. We don't know who made it, so. You don't know who made it? There's four of us here, so we obviously don't know. Fucking stupid, fucking ignorant high school kids. Okay, bye. I want to speak to the fucking Bye. Man. Okay, you can yeah, call corporate whatever you want. Goodbye. Jumps I know what you're thinking. How can I possibly have any, any sort of defense for this guy right after what you just heard? Well, hold on. Here's the other part of this story. This guy, he purchased the smoothie originally and asked for it not to have peanut butter. Then he went home and gave it to his teenage kid who is allergic to peanut butter. He assumed there was none in there. The kid drank some of it, started to go into anaphylactic shock collapsed. They brought out the EpiPen. They hit him with it. Uh, tried to tried to get him going. And the kid threw up. He passed out. The dad calls 911. The mother's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. They thought their kid was going to die. He's rushed to the hospital. Now the dad's pissed. And he goes to the smoothie station. He goes back to Robex and picks this fight with the young women, trying to figure out who messed up the order. Now, um, in light of that, uh, consider what you might do in that situation. I'm not saying what he did was right, and, and he made it very personal and, and racial, which gives you maybe a peek into it. But I'll tell you what, if that was my kid and something like that happened, um, I think I'd go insane for a little bit too. So he's scheduled to appear in court on February 7th. I'm telling you right now, watch for this case to get dismissed. And he's going to get his job back at Merrill Lynch, I think. I would think. Um, you know, you, you watch that movie and it's so, you know, it evokes that feeling. and It's visceral, right? But there's another side to these stories all the time. So, so consider that at least. Uh, next story. Did Instagram kill an 11-year-old girl? This is Business Insider reporting this story. A woman named Tammy Rodriguez has filed suit in San Francisco federal court against Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, saying that the social media platforms played a significant role in her 11-year-old daughter Selena's suicide. Her 11-year-old daughter died by suicide. Very tragic. Um, leading up to the suicide, they realized that the 11-year-old was addicted to apps, these apps specifically, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. She was suffering from depression, sleep deprivation, eating disorders, and she'd get unsolicited dick pics all the time. Um, they, they did try to get her help, uh, and it just it didn't work. Uh, now, consider that with this earlier report from the Wall Street Journal a few months ago. 
where they got a hold of some internal leaked documents from Facebook that revealed the company is aware that these apps can be harmful to the mental health of teens. 32% of teen girls surveyed felt worse about their bodies after viewing pictures on Instagram. This from the uh, yearly journal, Duh, magazine, right? I mean, we, we all kind of see this. I've got a, a young girl that's, that's about to turn 10. I, she's not on any of that, but she really wants to be. Um, TikTok's scary too, man, for these, these kids. It should be like, you know, maybe it should be like cigarettes, you know, 18, o 18 and over or, or 21 and over. I don't know. I don't know how you police that. It's, it's a genie that got out of the bottle. Uh, finally, Sundance is going on right now. And there's a story, actually a couple stories out of Sundance this week. There's a, apparently a two-part documentary um, called Phoenix Rising that premiered at Sundance this week. And it features uh, interviews with Evan Rachel Wood. She's a very famous actress. You've seen her in a lot of things. Uh, most recently, Westworld. But she's been working for many, many years. And in this documentary, she says that she was essentially raped on camera. Now, she uses the word essentially, although when you hear these details, I think it's it, it's it's pretty, uh, you know, pro se it, rape. It, it's, it's pretty legitimate rape, I think. Um, she said she was essentially raped on camera by Marilyn Manson while filming his video uh, Heart-Shaped Glasses, the video for the song Heart-Shaped Glasses, in 2007. She claimed she was fed absinthe on set, according to Salon.com. Here's a quote from Evan Rachel Wood that appears in the documentary. We had discussed a simulated sex scene, but once the cameras were rolling, he started penetrating me for real. I had never agreed to that. It was complete chaos. I did not feel safe. Uh, that's pretty scary stuff. Now, what's, what, what, what's also scary is this video is still up on, on like YouTube and Vimeo. It's, it's, it's up there still. Um, I'm sorry, not Vimeo. It's up on YouTube through their uh, little, you know, music subset or whatever. Um, it should immediately be pulled if, if what she was, if what she's saying is, is true. And it looks like, you know, there's pretty good evidence that she's not lying here. Um, it's a, this Phoenix Rising is going to be a two-part HBO documentary. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood herself testified before Congress in 2018 for a bill aiding sex assault survivors. She didn't name she, she she said she had been abused as well, but she didn't mention the name of her abuser then, not until last year actually. And uh, she and Marilyn Manson had an off on and off relationship when she was eighteen, beginning when she was eighteen, and he was thirty seven. This documentary is directed by Amy Berg. Uh, Marilyn Manson's home was raided by the LA County Sheriff's Office back in November. It very well might be connected to this documentary. He's uh, under investigation for sex assault. That's the top stories. I'll be back in two and two with some updates on your favorite cold cases and what's new in the world of genetic genealogy. Welcome back to a very special episode of Airwolf, starring Jan Michael Vincent. Just kidding, it's still true crime this week. Did, did you forget? Uh, here's some cold case updates. Uh, this one, Prince Andrew is asking for a jury trial. The ball's on this guy, right? Am I right? 
was filed this Wednesday in in uh, court. He's alleged to have had sex with Virginia Jufre when she was still underage, and was being shopped around by Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Andrew's friend. Uh, in the reports, Prince Andrew's lawyers kind of present the beginning of a defense, according to CNN, uh, who have read their reporters have read this document. It says, uh, Jufre's alleged causes of action are barred in whole or in part by her own wrongful conduct and the doctrine of unclean hands. This is part of the lawyer's defense that they're mounting. Uh, uh, Jufre's attorney, David Boys, said in a statement, they look forward to trial. And here's a quote from, uh, from Boys. Prince Andrew's answer continues his approach of denying any knowledge or information concerning the claims and purporting to blame the victim of the abuse for somehow bringing it on herself. It sure read like that to me. We look forward to confronting Prince Andrew with his denials and attempts to blame Ms. Jufre for her own abuse at his de- deposition and at trial. They're saying bring it on. This would be crazy if the Prince of England, the Grand Old Duke of York, is brought in and, and has to go to trial for a sex case in, in New York. That would be, it would be, I can't think of another story that would be bigger than that. Maybe maybe back in the day with OJ. This past week was also the third anniversary of the murder of Elizabeth Barraza. It's a strange case out of Tomball, Texas. You may have seen video of this. Um, uh, her murder is actually cut on tape. I think it's from like a doorbell cam. You can see her setting up a garage sale in her driveway when a suspect uh, pulls up in a dark Nissan truck, gets out. Elizabeth seems to greet them, and then this person begins shooting, shoots her to death. The police think that this person was possibly wearing a disguise with boots and a wig. Suspect drove away, then came back to make sure she was dead. And, and even though they have this on camera, just like the Delphi cases, right? They have this person on camera. He's, he or she has not yet been identified. Uh, we don't really have a, a motive. Who would want to kill this person setting up a, a garage sale in their driveway? The reward in the case has been raised from $30,000 to $50,000. If you have any information on who might have murdered Elizabeth Barraza, you should call Crime Stoppers. You can also visit whokilledlizbarraza.com. In the world of genetic genealogy this week, uh, the smoking gun was a pair of chopsticks. This is coming from Alaska Public Media up in Anchorage. And they talk about this case, cold case from May 1985, a shooting death of a man named Jawed Ahmed, 32-year-old man, in Anchorage, Alaska, who was shot during a botched robbery 30-some years ago. Ahmed was from Pakistan, was living in the country and driving for Yellow Cab. The suspect, whoever shot him, left some bloody clothing behind. And using genetic genealogy, police were able to track down the suspect. They learned that he was living in Boise. Now, once genetic genealogy leads you to a potential suspect, that's not enough to go to trial. You have to confirm it. You have to go and get a fresh DNA sample and then compare it to the original to make sure they match. So that's what they had to do. They found this guy living in Boise, and they tracked him to a restaurant. He was having Chinese that night. 
After he got up and left, they collected his chopsticks. Turned out it was a match. And uh, they have him in jail at this point. Uh, I found a really interesting case. You know, I like to scour Reddit just to see some strange cases now and then. This is from the Unresolved Mysteries Board, originally posted by user Main Initiative. This involves a bizarre staged suicide in Rhode Island that occurred on the morning of September 11th, 2001. Kind of got lost in, you know, all the news about the, the terror attacks. There's an excellent write-up at WPRI. This occurred in Providence, Rhode Island. 27-year-old Nicole Parsons Bucky was found dead in her bathtub that morning, a hairdryer in the water. It looked like something out of a movie, right? Um, I mean, she died of electrocution. That was that's, that's certainly what it looked like. But then the medical examiner called up the police, and he was like, hold up, guys. This is a homicide. He found no signs of electrocution and found blunt force trauma had, had occurred on her body. She had been beaten, and she died by drowning. There was water in her lungs. Uh, her boyfriend at the time of her murder, this is an interesting little detail. 27-year-old Nicole Parsons Bucky, her boyfriend was a juvenile at the time. Her mom says they had a violent relationship. My first question is, you know, that staged homicide, could a juvenile be smart enough to figure that out? Maybe. Uh, he certainly seems like a good suspect to some. Uh, he had, uh, sh uh, I'm sorry, Nicole had called police about her boyfriend the day before the murder. And then, and then she's found dead. So uh, he's not been arrested. Nobody's been arrested for this case. Very strange case. Uh, so check it out. Nicole Parsons Bucky. Uh, I want to go back to Sundance real quick. Well, we're talking about pop culture and true crime. Uh, there was a last second entry in the documentary category in Sundance. And the reason I like to talk about Sundance so much is uh, I used to work there. I, it was the most fun job out of college. I worked there for three years in the travel department. I got people, executives to their to their movies on time. Got to meet some neat actors um, and uh, went to some crazy parties. Uh, ask me about that if you show up at CrimeCon. But uh, anyways, there's a last-second edition. This is a secret documentary. Uh, it's the first time it was ever shown. And it's about the attempted assassination of Alexei Navalny. Remember hearing about this? Navalny... Was the uh, is the opposition leader in Russia as much as you can be an opposition leader in Russia? He was a presidential candidate. He's anti-corruption. You can get more details in uh, the Daily Beast. Search the article there. Putin hates this guy so much he won't even say his name in public. On August twentieth, twenty twenty, on a flight from Siberia, this town of Tomsk, uh, back to Moscow. Navalny got really, really sick. Really sick. He had, had to be rushed to the hospital as soon as he landed. Turned out he was poisoned, which happens with great frequency in Russia, it seems, and Ukraine for that matter. Now, uh, state TV over there in Russia, uh, it, you know, they, they understand propaganda. <laughs> and when he showed up at the hospital, the state TV reporter said that, well, I, maybe he wasn't poisoned. This is probably, 
you know, he he probably drank a lot of moonshine, or uh, or snorted some cocaine. I'm sorry, or or snorted cocaine, or or possibly was involved in homosexual orgies. Legitimately, this is this is uh, really what they said. Uh, but he was actually poisoned by some sort of nerve agent. Almost died. And when he finally recuperated and returned home, he was promptly arrested and put in jail. That happened on January 17th last year. Navalny wants to lead a revolution, bring freedom to Russia again. Um, now, in this documentary, the reason why this is getting so much press, in the spoiler alert, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil part of this documentary for you. Uh, they, you know, uh, Navalny goes full like Borat almost, and he tricks a scientist into admitting that he was part of this assassination attempt that uh and the scientist explains how this poison was applied to Navalny's underwear shortly before he got sick so that's crazy could you imagine like a documentary coming out talking about how uh Biden or more likely Trump um you know did something similar that's that's nuts um so check out that documentary when it comes out Let's check the charts real quick. Chartable.com covers the top true crime podcasts uh, during the week. Crime Junkie reigns at number one. Nice job, Ashley. Uh, There's a new number three, Deep Cover Mobland. Here's the write-up. Deep Cover is a show about people who lead double lives, how far they're willing to go in pursuit of a greater cause, and how sometimes seemingly small decisions can change the course of history. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Jake Halpern reveals webs of deception in dark underworlds through interviews with federal agents and convicted criminals. Season 2, Mobland, is about a high-rolling lawyer who joins forces with the feds to try to bring down one of the most powerful criminal syndicates in the country. At number 4, The Deck. For years, some law enforcement agencies have replaced the faces of traditional playing card decks with images of missing and murdered people and distributed those cards in prisons, hoping inmates will come forward with information needed to crack these cold cases. Now Audio Chuck is dealing you in. Each week, we'll be working with investigators and family members to bring you the details of some of the coldest cases from around the country in hopes that someone listening can finally bring these victims the justice they deserve. That's a that's a good idea. Have you seen these decks that are given to prisoners about these cold cases? Um, you know, they sit around and play pinochle some gin, gin rummy during the day, and uh, they, they, they see these, these cold cases, and, and they, it might spark their memory. Like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, you, know, you know, Grizz, you know, two weeks, you know, two years ago told me he was involved in this crime. And then it, it, it has uh, contacts for police so they can turn them in. There's a number, uh, new number five, too. Uh, this, this podcast sounds really cool. I'll have to check it out. Number five is Chameleon. Wild Boys. And here's the write-up. In 2003, two half-starved brothers emerged from the wilderness, telling an incredible story of survival. A small Canadian community took them in. The only problem, the boys weren't who they said they were. I think they were time travelers. I'm always going to go with that as the answer. I hope they're time travelers. Um, As always, check out, uh, you know, join me on Repod. If you want to talk about this episode or previous episodes or any case in, in particular, that's a good place to reach me, Repod app. And uh, that's it for this week. 
And remember, it's Friday. And in the incomp in the words, that is, in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, that means we got to 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 get down. Damn it. True Crime This Week is a Fearful Symmetry production. Our theme music is Trash Town Boogie by Mr. Smith, used under a Creative Commons license for use in this show. All sources are listed in the liner notes at the end of this episode. If you like the cut of my jib, please check out my other podcast, Philosophy of Crime. Unless quoted directly from a source, all content should be considered the opinion of the host. That's me, James Renner. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.